Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right, we are recording. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. That was Dumpty Dum by Tia, aged four. Oh, wasn't that lovely from I love Tia, the way age she, four? She forgot halfway through and went, um. I <laughs> 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 the song. It's very sweet. The thing is, she had the musical accompaniment as well. I know. She, she had, oh, I know. But, but anyway, Tia, smashing job. Well done. Uh, folks, this is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the enlightened attitude that is Royfield Brown. Now with me are the uninformed speculation that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Lexi Gossip, folks, is you. Now this week's Dumdy Dum comes from... Mum Caroline and four-year-old Tia. Now, Lucy, if any of our callers would like to send us in a Dumpty Dum, just how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Jenny Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek alone in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is a tiny bit jealous at the moment as uh, he also volunteers at the Laurels, but it's Leonard who's getting all the attention. Uh, Derek does a bit of entertainment and regularly gets his organ out for the old folk. <laughs> oh, well done you. The smut has come earlier but hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see what I did in there. On this week's episode, we have calls galore, folks. And from... All over planet Earth, which is lovely. I love it when we get calls from from Drew in Japan. We got Nigel in New York. We got Claire from Clapham. We got Patrick. Where's Patrick from? I don't know. Patrick, Glenn, Marion, Mary, Leslie, Berkshire Sausage, and of course, our Witherspoon. He's back. Uh, but first, before the one gazillion interesting, funny, insightful calls on this week's Dumpty Dum. It's our Lucy and a week in Ambridge. We began 
began the week in the kitchen at Willow Cottage. Brian was sitting in the kitchen sink having a bath and asking why Jenny Darling was still being horrible to him, even after he'd agreed to do what she wanted and plead guilty. Because I'm having a lovely time being cross, she said. It's the first time you've been banged to rights for ages and I'm making the bloody most of it. Then she repented and said, Oh, Brian, we've been through such a lot. It was all entirely your fault, but we did get through it. Then Jill and Shula got all prurient about Lexi's pregnancy until Jenny Darling bristled and reminded them that it was courtesy of a turkey baster that the blessed soldier boy arrived and then they both shifted about a bit. Brian was limbering up for the trial by wandering around the village with an axe looking for things to chop up. He went to see David and took a swing at him, but David dodged just in time. If he was looking for reassurance, he went to completely the wrong man. It was one of the most humiliating moments of my life, said David, when I was accused of banter strangling and I'd been caught playing with a toy farm. <laughs> the day in court finally arrived. Adam did his unique version of calming Brian down, which consisted of him talking very urgently and in a wobbly voice right in Brian's face. Brian was accused of discharge activity. Not for the first time, Brian. Most of your problems over the last 50 years have been caused by inappropriate discharge activity, but they haven't <laughs> all ended up costing you 150 grand, although they probably should have done. Shula did the reading in church. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. It is patient and not irritable, and it always remembers to hang its sodding dressing gown up. And it doesn't sound unenthusiastic <laughs> when you suggest going off to save horses in Kilimanjaro. Jill confessed that she was going out with Leonard Rossiter, played by Tom Rigglesworth's dad, and then became terrifically overexcited and nervous and began hooting so loudly there were cross-channel ferry captains looking round in alarm. She was completely <laughs> hysterical. Lunch! she screamed. I can't, yelled back Shula. I've got hula hooping classes at three and build your own U-bend at the Polytechnic at 5.30 and it's my turn to bring the hobnobs. Uh -huh. Roy told Krusty that he didn't like people gossiping behind his back, but it turned out he wasn't that much of a fan of people gossiping in front of his face either. Shula is still trying to find herself with various activities, including a spot of art. She protested that she wasn't very good. Oh, you should see the other shite they put up, said her mother supportively. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Shula asked Alistair if he wanted to come up and see her etchings. He went a bit quiet and then said, it's just a, well, it's just a load of pictures of, is that what the model really looked like, Shula? Why is he holding a rolling pin? Oh, things over <laughs> at Lower Loxley were getting worse. Elizabeth was rude to Bert Fry, which is like someone headbutting Alan Bennett. It's not going well. The rest of the family have finally caught on that she's actually depressed rather than a bit tired. And Elizabeth has taken a restraining order out on Jolene. Krusty and Helen made friends again. For inexplicable reasons, Krusty decided to take romantic advice about living with Philip from, wait for it, Helen and Roy. Roy, who's just waved the pregnant love of his life off and is wearing a shirt covered in limescale crumbs, and Helen, who's going out with a man called Lee because it's the only thing he can spell. She got basically the same advice from both of them, but put rather eccentrically by Helen. Seize the day, grab it by the throat, cover it in custard and stab it. Things Yay. at Bridge Farm were still as lunatic as ever. Natasha, who let us not forget has known Tom for about a fortnight, is now urging the farm on to buy another field. Imagine how much bigger we could be, she said. Who is this we? This is bonkers. There is no legal arrangement. She's getting no money. And then just to seal the deal on me hating the woman forever and ever, amen, she suggested a double date with the woman who was left bellowing at the altar like a stricken heifer by the very man whose sausage she is now stuffing. She's still being so mm. arch, she sounds like her spine's going to snap. Even if she's asked if she wants a cup of tea, she says... Yes, I will. As if she's been asked if she'll just pop her bra off. She is a 24-carat weirdo, <laughs> and you heard it here first. Tom is, of course, entirely oblivious. 
I've stood in the packing shed and felt really excited, he said. I think it's all the courgettes. The high point of the week was the awful <laughs> meet your new daddy dinner party at Brooker's. Is that oxtail I can smell, said Leonard. No, that's me. I'm a bit nervous, said Jill. The family described <laughs> the family described him as dapper, which I think in Ruth and David's case means he's had a wash. Jill is very enamoured. <laughs> Apparently, the staff at the Laurels think he's amazing. He has a penis and can work an iron at the same time. It's remarkable. Apparently, David Attenborough is planning on doing a series on him next month as part of the evolution episode. Yes, Leonard, Brookfield has been like this since the 1600s. The architecture and the bloody attitudes. The end. Mm. Oh, that's a triumph this week. Well done, you, Lucy. Well done. You know what? Take a bow. Are you bowing? I am, under my dog blanket, yes. <laughs> well done, you. Now, um, the last week in Ambridge, right? Well, we should really start with our Leonard. Yes. Didn't see that one coming, did we? No, completely not. Absolutely, completely not. Utterly But I do blindsided. like the fact that it's Tom Rigglesworth's dad, because he's got a, love, a great voice, I think. Oh, hasn't he just, hasn't he just. Did you understand David's um, slight discomfort by having, you know, another man... <laughs> Um, right next to his ma. Well, David's just kind of, he's a bit of a oaf, really, isn't he? I mean, God bless him. He's, but he's sort of, he doesn't have a lot of imagination and he doesn't have a lot of kind of, he just, if things change rapidly, he kind of gets a bit confused. And um, mm. it, it just never, ever for a second crossed his mind that his mother might, uh, I, you know, I'll, have any Luz, sort of, well. Liz, to be fair. It didn't cross any of our minds. No, we didn't see that's it. true, but she's not our mother, you know. Um, it, it was clear, it clearly just, I mean, Jill, uh, Ruth took it more in her stride. Jolene took it mm. in her stride. Uh, Kenton probably will as well, but David was just completely flabbergasted because it, when, for David, when a thing is a thing, it stays like that forever. He finds change very, very difficult. But to be fair to David, I think the vast, Vast ways of humanity find change of any type difficult, let alone you just kind of grown up, you, your parents are together, and then one of them nine, ten years ago uh, toddles off, and the other parent is 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 left, but has not expressed any desire that uh, she was lonely, needed companionship or anything like that. You know, you would just go, oh. You know, I, I must admit, I would, I would like to think that, so my folks been married for 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. And they perish the thought, but one day, you know, one of them will, will go. And if a few years after that, the other one took up with a partner, a new partner, I would be utterly, utterly supportive. But the first meeting is, you know, I, I would feel that it was odd. I think that's quite natural. Yeah. Yeah, but not quite as, I mean, yes, I mean, I don't think he's against it particularly. I think he's mm, just a bit It wasn't staggered. like he ran him out the farm with a pitchfork, no, no, no. was it? No, mm. uh, yeah, he's just a, a, a bear of little brain and uh, too much, <laughs> too much confusingness confuses him. So, you know, he's just sort of... Mm. Um, for anyone interested in the, in the, in the minutiae of, of a lot of bollocks... Um, uh, the judge, the judge in uh, Brian Aldridge's um, scene where he pleaded guilty was uh, an mm. actress called Carolyn Pickles. 
who has been on The Archers as a regular character in 2003. I sound like Cosmo. Um, and she also played the title role in a British uh, drama series on Sunday afternoons. It was proper warm bath, um, warm bath TV uh, called Nanny. And uh, yes, and her great uncle was Judge Pickles, who was quite famous in the uh, 1980s. And she is also, I think, the granddaughter of Wilfred Pickles, who was a huge uh, light entertainment radio interviewer in the 1940s. Why do you know all this? Because I recognised her voice. And then I messaged Kerry and said, was that Caroline Pickles? And he said, yes. And then I read about Uh, her. Look at you. That Pickles in the 80s, he was a funny chap, wasn't he? He was. He was like a, pro- a really famous Thatcherite. judge. There haven't been any since that that have been. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but I tell you what, there is a little bit of a link. Something has made sense in my head now, in my noggin, Arlous. Because, um, so obviously Elizabeth um, is suffering from depression. Yeah. Okay. And Jill... You'd think if anybody in that family would have spotted it first, it would have been our Jill. Mm. But it makes sense that she didn't because she's been distracted. Exactly. Shagging. Because I was, and I don't know why I didn't do this, but last on last week's episode, on one of my notes, I had Jill would have spotted that Elizabeth couldn't cope. But now it all makes sense. The reason why Jill didn't spot. Though the whole Shauna and David Say, should we tell mom? Um, yeah. I don't quite have any argument as to why they shouldn't have. What do you reckon? Are they well? I don't know whether they're they're not telling her because they're trying to. I mean, it's not like they're going to fix it and then not have to tell. Oh, we did. We were going to tell you, but then we didn't need to because she suddenly got better. I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, or whether they're just trying to. They've left it too long now to tell her without her going. Why didn't you tell me before? But whatever you take mm. to mothers, they always say, why didn't you tell me before? So it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, mm. So, yeah. I think they, mm. they, they, they may as well. They're, they're still, I think they've done it, it's sort of sad, but they have done it quite well, the way that none of them can actually say the word depression without going, depression. You know, even Elizabeth said, I, think, I don't think I just can't go, but I think I've got depression. And even she said it like that, like it's, you know, mm short smallpox or something yeah Um, well we often say that this thing is so well written but there was something about the portentous i think i've got pause depression you know mm. trail off that did to me feel with the i could say doom 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 (laughs) (laughs) it did feel a little bit kind of hammy i was like oh come on now there's a way which that line could have been delivered uh you know, we all we all know what she had, you know, what she's got. Sorry, let's get my tenses right. But, you know, to leave it as the last line, um, I just thought it was poor direction for uh, that yeah. actor to have to, yeah. to deliver. Because um, as, as somebody says um, in a call later on, um, you know, it's been played very, very well. But that was just poor direction. It wasn't anything the actor has done. They were told to do that. And the way it was cut together with the with the with the dum de dum I'd have thought nah you know we 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 pay our license fee to be served up with something better than that are loose uh, <laughs> now we do we do license fees aren't cheap oh I'll tell you what you know and your folks are getting old when they start talking about free license fees I was like oh my god 
freedom passes as well. Yeah, Jesus. And they're still fit and healthy, my mum and dad. I thought, like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, 75. Oh, yeah, you, got to, you know, it's my right. You know, I've paid my stamps. I want yep. my free. You know, so, oh, God. Anyway. Um, uh, Roy, Lexi, I'm not fussed. I, I, I just. Oh, I, are, are we having this storyline just to shadow Brexit? That's what yes, everybody keeps I think on so. saying. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it gives the writers, you know, the twists and turns they don't know where it's going lex is going back and we're going oh march 29th whatever but i just you know i can't rouse an emotional bone in my body to give two flying figs about this storyline i can't so i'm just going to move on the um the natasha bridge farm storyline is actually making me very 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 cross oh excellent because it's total total rubbish Oh, gosh, yeah. Go on, get on your soapbox. Don't you just think, don't you think, though, do you think I'm being, um, I'm really hot under this blanket, Royfield. I wish you'd stop making me go under a blanket. <laughs> well, um, it's not me. You shouldn't have moved home. No. The acoustics were perfect All where right, you I'll were before. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally, he hasn't, he has, I think he's known Natasha for under a year, maybe, just over a year. Mm. He was only been going out with her for the last three months, maybe. It moved incredibly quickly into, um, you know, going to meet her parents and all that jazz. Um, and then this total lunacy about her giving him advice on, you know, advice on the thing that she knows about, which is these bloody trees. Fair enough. But they've changed the business plan of the entire farm. I mean, it was, you know, well overdue because I hadn't done it for at least a fortnight. Uh, but she, they've changed the thing of the entire farm because of Nat- on Natasha's say-so, and now she's advising them to invest in more land and saying, we could be much bigger. She is no part of that farm. They have no legal agreement. They're not in a partnership. You know, it's absolute nonsense. And, and if it isn't, if, 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 if she is, if, that, if that's sort of true to character, and, oh God, that'd be blankets falling off. Um, if that's true to character and that's just the kind of person that Natasha is, mm. then alarm bells like the sodding, you know, chiming, screaming chimes should be like a mm. like an air raid siren should be going loose. off in Tom's ears. Loose, loose. Yeah. Right. Now, far be it from me to chastise anybody about moving fast on things of an emotional romantic bent. Right. So I'll throw that one out there first. All right. It has been said before that um, I have moved pretty fast at times. However, I couldn't agree with you more. And and I wonder whether um, you rightly pointed out the compare and contrast when you have parallel storylines and there was the whole Helen and Lee and Tom and Natasha thing and the two siblings. Yeah. And then how their respective new relationships are going. Okay. I wonder if it isn't the fact that we're going to end up with Johnny running that farm. He's the steady one. He's slightly conservative in his business practices. Everything that he always, you know, with all this uh, cheeses and cucumber melon hybrid Frankenstein food, whatever. <laughs> right. Frankenfruit. Yeah, it's always Johnny that's a bit like, hmm, you know, um, I'm going to deal with the cows. He's the solid grounded one. And then actually, 
Yes, we've had, and we joke about it all the time, about all these different new business ventures and now they're going to get a designer on an app and all this kind of malarkey. And Johnny is basically going to end up running that farm and and putting it on some kind of even keel. He's the backstop, isn't he? Yeah. To use a political phrase. Oh, God, can we not use that phrase? But yes. The, you know, Helen... Flights of fancy, or more to the point, not 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 that all the cheese and stuff is bought it should blues necessarily a flight of fancy, but it's not gonna bring in the bacon, so to speak, financially. It is trifling, isn't it? Yeah. And then Tom with his nonsense, it, it's our Johnny. And yeah. and maybe that's what all this is kind of about, really. That in the background, and there's the with Helen saying, You do know what you're doing, you are really competent and then him deciding to do the whole Alistair will you mentor me so I understand these beasts that I'm looking after yeah you know I, I just I, I think that's what's going on here because you know they're bloody bonkers the rest of them aren't they yeah. all over the shop and they but shouldn't be in business but I mean that's I know they're not accountable to anybody else the uh, are mm. they they've got they're not a book it's not like um they're, they're a consortium like um, uh, Home Farm. They're, you know, it's just them, them loonies mm. and, the, and the money that they had from selling the houses, uh, selling the land for the houses. But mm. I just, is, is, do you think it's kind of, in, I don't think it's inconsistent in character that they would be blindly following, I mean, you know, They've, they're all kind of quite uh, passionate. They're all they all like a cause. Tom was completely swayed by Krusty when he first met her. Pat was completely swayed by Alwyn. Helen was completely swayed by Rob. Um, you know, they're all sort of sus as as a family. They're all sort of um, they lay themselves open to anybody that speaks with authority, and they kind of get carried away. So I can see why Tom is um, is doing all this. But if Natasha's a good businesswoman. She would be, th- which she supposedly is. She would be thinking, "Why am I investing all this time and energy in advising, the, acting as a consultant, a business consultant, basically for this farm, for no, no return whatsoever?" Well, because she, hmm, I, I suppose there is that. But but the other thing which for me feels inconsistent is remember Natasha said when she first went round the farm. She said, you're hobbyists, you're all over yeah. the place. Yeah. And now she's so saying... To start let's doing three have, more different things, yeah. Yeah, with, with yeah. as you said, frankenfoot and, and yeah. apps. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Come on now. But talking about, you know, she's in, she lives bloody miles away and she's investigating land for Not sale for near Bridge Farm. Not for much longer. Not for much longer, our loose. But mm. she's, she lives miles away and she's, investiga- she's investigating land for sale mm. near, it, near Bridge Farm. It's just... It's, it, it makes did no feel, yeah. sense. It's ridiculous. It, it, yeah. And you did feel like, you know, they're, they're setting up this lot for a massive fall, you know, considering they've got, what, a mill in the bank from selling off the land. Um, uh, and all of a sudden they're going to shell out on, you know. Yeah. Well, someone yeah. said on Twitter, and I forgive me again, I can't remember who you were, clever person, but they said, uh, Kirsty and Tom are going to be back together by Christmas. And I think they're right. Hmm. Because Tom and Natasha are going to burn, crash and burn, uh, and um, uh, Kirsty and Philip, that's not going to work because mm. that we're already that's already been queued up to not work. 
well, it was just yeah. nonsense in, in the first place. Um, I wonder, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there, there is, there is a giddiness to Tom and, and to Natasha, which forget to, putting all the business stuff to one side. You kind of get, get it if you're looking at teenage lovers, right? Mm. They're getting all giddy and excited and, and whatever, mm. but, but, but it, it's a dynamic that makes sense. You're just kind of into each other. They're into each other, and they're answering each other's sentences. I think that's literally what what Kirsty said at, uh, when she was, you know, talking to Roy to Helen. I can't remember, but again, it did put into sharp contrast, into sharp relief, her relationship with Philip, which does feel totally without any kind of passion and and chemistry. Uh, so, um, I don't think she's gonna gonna move in with him. But it did make me think about those new flats because. Are we going to have some kind of expansion of uh, the, yeah. the amount of characters in this thing? Because I've yeah. never really thought yeah. about the implications of it. If he's, you know, of all the dull new characters, we don't want him to to be a semi permanent, do we? God, you no. know, this, no disrespect to the actor. I'm sure he's got a fine body of work, knows what he's doing. You know, hits his lines. <laughs> uh, you know, all, all the time. But, well done, Jesus. you. Yes, but we still don't you want know. you. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, crumbs. You know. If Leonard was getting a flat there, I'd be I'd be thumbs up for that, thumbs right up. But Phil, Philip, sorry, can't call him Phil. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, Toby, Rex, Pip, and Rosie. Where you? Where are you with all of well, that? Well, as as um, Brian said, Toby unreliable. There's a surprise. I, I mean, it's just it was, you know, <laughs> who ever thought? We thought for like twenty minutes that he might have pulled his finger out, but. No, um, I mean, he's not being horrible to the kid, is he? He's just doing his usual thing and trying to do everything at once and not sorting it out properly. Mm. Um, Though it doesn't appear, remember a couple of weeks ago, you said, yeah, you had another woman. It doesn't appear like he has. No. Because if he wants to, uh, you know, sniffing around, you know, stopping over again, well, Mm. you know. Mm. And also, script writers, he wouldn't wear pyjamas. He said he'd gone back to pick up some new pajamas, and he wouldn't. He'd wear a t-shirt and boxers. Yeah, but that could be his pajamas. No, if you call pajamas pajamas, you don't call t-shirt. You'd say, well, you just wouldn't say anything. You wouldn't go and get clean anythings for bed if you were Toby. You know what? You're so spot on. Why aren't you writing this stuff? You I'm should be script editing. Fantastic about it. That's why <laughs> you should no, be script editing. We... I completely <laughs> missed that. You know, but you're completely right. You know, you said it, and it's like so obvious. There's no way he's got like a little two set pajamas, little 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 pajama top and, and bottoms. No way yeah. at all. Leonard, of course. Leonard's Script probably has editor Lucy V. Freeman. <laughs> Step forward. Carried that bloody heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I got more notes, but I tell you what, we've got so many calls. Yeah. I think we should uh, push my notes to one side and do a bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first off, it's our Marion, who uh, thinks she's a maid. Hi, Dumpty Dum. Maid Marion here, at Mazsings UK on the Twitters. This is my first time calling in, so I should probably say I live in sunny Surrey, work as a music therapist, specialism in dementia, and I began listening avidly in 2013, when the first sleep thief arrived in my life, and I needed something to listen to while breastfeeding in the night. 
So I think that makes me a harassment Burns. Please, not a Rob. <laughs> I have a plot prediction for you. I think when Helen drops the Rob bombshell on Lee, he will accept mm. it after the initial shock. But his ex will find out and use it as an excuse to stop him seeing his own kids, which ah. will throw an enormous spanner in the works. I, for one, would like to see Helen happy and hear Lee giving Titchy Knob a good karate chop, so I hope I'm wrong. P.S. Isn't it lovely how quiet Hannah has been? <laughs> Goodness, I'd forgotten all about her. I know. Well, that just means she's plotting somewhere, doesn't it? If she's go- You have to worry. It's like a toddler. If it goes quiet, it means things are going to be even worse very soon. <laughs> she's probably yes. murdered Neil. Put him in the pig feed. I think that Goodness. is an excellent, excellent plot prediction. I think you may mm. be spot on there. Yes. Well yes. done, Maid Marian, and, and yes. call in again. Well yes. done. Welcome to the gang. You're going yep. to come up with uh, contributions as, as good and as clever as that. We need to hear more from you, Mrs. All right, now let's go to Toronto. Hello, Tum to Tum. It's Mary in Toronto. I'm oh, not dear. contrary on Twitter, and I do have a cold this week, so that's why my voice Me is quite too. different from usual. I had a comment about Brian's court appearance. Uh, it was all a bit of an anticlimax. Yep. And the thing that occurred to me was, <laughs> as they read out the charges that he was going to plead guilty to, uh, they mentioned the relevant legislation, and some of it was dated 2016. So I'm just wondering, do we have to suffer through all of this just as a public information campaign for the Environment Agency, just to let farmers know that they're going to be enforcing this new legislation? Not unlike uh, the Helen and Rob storyline, which drew attention to the new coercive control legislation. Just a thought. Okay, bye for now. Tatty, tatty by our Mary. Um, <clears throat> she yes. has a sexier uh, voice than you when she's got a cold, Royfield. <laughs> she has a sexier voice than me. Sans cold as well, oh, Luce. <laughs> um, right. Okay, now uh, we've done Toronto. Maid Marion didn't say where she was from. She would just say Nottingham. She did. She said sorry. Oh, sunny sorry. All yeah. right. Well, I'm saying Nottingham. Anyway, Mary, I don't think I don't think that's the the, the thing. It was just to explain how he could be fined so much because it is actually a very serious charge. Please, God, we're not going to have public information lectures about the flipping Clean Water Act or something. <laughs> mm. right. Where now, uh, boys? Uh, I think we should go to the Upper Lower West Side and okay. uh, and upper have lower. a little bit of yeah the Upper Lower West East Side and okay. it's New York. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Yoko no? Bear, and all Dumpty oh. Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, back from cavorting with Mickey Mouse. Yes, Disney World was on husband's bucket list and not mine, but I actually have a very large inner child in me, and we both had a great time. Today, I'm calling in defense of Adam and Ian. Before I left a couple of weeks ago, I felt that Royfield and Lucy were a little harsh in their criticism of them. (laughs) Yes, Adam is a dull, at times self-righteous man. But now that they've gone past their marital crises, I have no problem with them as a couple. As I've said before, they're the only gays in the village, so I feel the need to support them. Do they have normal conversations like other couples? I'm sure they do, but the scriptwriters don't deem those as amusing as Susan and Neil's. I also celebrate their desire to have a child. Yes, Adam is 51 and Ian is in his 40s. Yes, they're both very busy with their work. Will they have to make sacrifices and get support from family members, such as Jennifer? Undoubtedly. Can they do it? Undoubtedly. Will they succeed? 
I hope so. Is William succeeding in being a single parent? So far, mm. so good. Now, mm. will the others in the village accept them <laughs> as a gay couple having a child? Mm. Despite horrible Emma and inappropriate Shula, I think that Adam and Ian, as part of the fabric of the community, will receive support from the vast majority of people. And I think that their son or daughter will also be accepted, just as Daniel, Rory, Henry, and even Georgie, son of a very strange biblical triangle, have been. The only question in my head is Lexi. Not that she'll run off with the newborn. After all, as Jennifer said, it isn't her offspring. But will a premature birth in Bulgaria and Brexit throw a monkey wrench Mm. into the plans? Time will tell, and I'll talk to you all soon. Mm. Bye. Um, There is, um, I'm going to hold my fire on uh, Adam and Ian until we've done New York Nigel, because um, he has... um, a viewpoint not too dissimilar to our Witherspoon, but we should let him have his moment to opine, and then I'll just dismantle it one by one. What he says, <laughs> but uh, right. Can so I say something quickly though about it? Uh, if you must go, I did think that when Adam said, "You know, I'll be at the school gate and I'll feel awkward," I'll, I won't. And Brian said, "Well, it's not your age that will make you <laughs> stand out at the school gate." <laughs> I thought it'll partly be, you know. If you came out of school and Adam's standing there going, how did it go? You know, just be, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you are right. It's um, um, my, my kid's mum did say to me that uh, Ella, Ella said, God, Dad asks so many questions when he comes over from, uh, from California. And mum says, like what? He asked me how my day goes at school. And, um, <laughs> and my mum went, and? And, he, and I think the realisation that that was not the worst <laughs> kind no. of thing I could be asking. She went, okay, well, maybe it's not so bad. But he asked it every day. <laughs> anyway, um, why don't we have a little bit of Patrick? I have a sneaky feeling that our Patrick is uh, a new caller. And guess where he's from, Lucy? Ireland. Ah. Hi, Royfield, Lucy and Robert and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. I'm Patrick from Ireland and my Ambridge vintage is Jack Archer. Anywho, ah. my pop prediction is Natasha is going to get more involved in Bridge Farm. Then yes. she'll either fully own it or part own it, but mm. then she will leave Tom. Uh, thank yous for always making me laugh. Honestly, Dumpty Dum is the only thing that's getting me through my final year of school. These oh. are honestly the funniest people I know. <laughs> Thanks, and keep up the great work. Uh, Patrick, we will do. Uh, what are you studying and where? Like, he did he did his vintage, but yes. then he didn't. But, like, you, you got, you, if you're going to do it, Patrick, you have to commit, right? And you yes. have to go through. Uh, we want to know what you're studying, how potentially we can call upon your expertise for future storylines, <laughs> and where you're studying, man. And also, if you're stuck on anything, we, I mean, we're thick as mints, so we won't be able to help, but there'll be other people that will, and we can we can um, provide you with essays, possibly, whatever mm. you want. Exactly, exactly. Depending on what you're doing. If you're doing computer science, you're on your own, love. But apart from that, oh, no, you'll be able to help with that, <laughs> won't you? Not much. Well, I'll pass it on to Noah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but, but well done. Um, I think that's our first caller in a row from the irish republic i think yes. we had one from northern ireland before 
Well, I don't think I do know. So, and I think uh, he's it, I think he's dead right about about um, Natasha as well. There's definitely potential there for hmm. her taking over, then them doing something stupid like signing over half the farm, and then um, that kind of uh, you can imagine a conversation with Pat. Tom, how could you do this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, in about a year's time. Mm. True what that. She's turned it all into a nut farm or something. Mm. But well done. Well done, Patrick. Uh, now, uh, so we've done the Republic of Ireland. We've done Canada. We've done, oh, you know what? Let's stop recounting places on, on the globe, which just really, I'm just thinking a map corner, Lucy. That, that's just what I was trying to do there with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's do uh, our Claire. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Wanted Hello. to talk today about older men. Firstly, Lawrence, who's... You should know all about that, Lucy. He's the same guy that Peggy used to hang out with when she was Jack at the Laurels. And they made friends and didn't take her home to see his stained glass making or etchings or something. Anyway, um, be interesting yeah. to see the dynamic when that comes out with Peggy, if he is the same guy. and But good on them. And um, I hope they're very happy and find great contentment and that David grows up and gets the hang of it and doesn't behave like a petulant teenager. <laughs> Secondly, on the subject of older men, uh, Kirsty and Philip. I think that relationship is doomed. I think doomed. possibly by the time that Philip actually buys one of the new houses yeah. and then Kirsty will not move in with him and that will crystallise it, but possibly beforehand. And that's such a shame because Kirsty doesn't really have a reason to stay in Ambridge and... If they break up, I think she might do what what realistically Kirsty, the character, should always have done, which is get the hell out of Ambridge and go and live Ex- somewhere absolutely. else more interesting and have a better life. But yes. um, we will miss her sorely if that happens. Finally, uh, the third older man is the mysterious one, which is where the fuck is Lewis? He's not dead. Mm-hmm. He's at Lower Lockley somewhere, hidden in a cupboard, and no one mentions him, which is all wrong. Uh, does the scriptwriters not think that we know that he's there somewhere? It doesn't even get a passing mention like Kathy sometimes does. So I don't know what's going on there. It's uh, it's very bizarre. Anyway, that's all my thoughts. Uh, keep up the good work, and I will talk to you again soon. And oh, also, I wanted to just say that uh, you know, rumours of my uh, dominance and magnificence on matters of podcasts or councils are greatly exaggerated, as I'm sure you'll find <laughs> when that corner goes live. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Well, bye. Um, Lewis has just been transitioned into oblivion, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. And yeah, he completely. is another character who would have realised that uh, Elizabeth couldn't cope, yeah. wasn't coping, yeah. and that something yeah. was up, and would have uh, sent the alarm to our Jill. Yeah. You know, and to the other siblings, he would have. So there's a massive plot hole there um script writers well done mm. our claire i did feel uh, sorry for, for, for bert when he was you know because he was so worried about sort of having to go and speak to her because you know everyone knows she's going through a lot and they're not allowed to mention that they're not allowed to mention the fact that she's behaving very oddly they're not allowed to mention that the business isn't going very well you know mm. it, it's like they're all in a car with the doors locked driven by a lunatic straight off a cliff and none of them are allowed to say anything because you know you might upset her so it's really difficult Yes. And and poor old Bert, you know. The thing is that with old Bert, what I do love is um, 
his dynamic with him and Toby and Rex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's softening up his toenails. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then the coughing. He said, I'll just stay here with Bert. Then he went, <coughs> from the after him. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that, that was all a little <laughs> bit of kind of co- comedy guild, as they say. Now, uh, so Don Claire Capham. Oh, we've got a stalwart here, our loose. It's our Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Hello. Well, I think the first thing that we have to talk about in The Archers this week is Jill and Leonard. The mm-hmm. teaser for the Sunday episode was, I think, something along the lines of Jill has a revelation. And I must admit, I thought we were going to hear that all of that lemon drizzle cake had actually been shot bought for the last year. <laughs> 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 and then Leonard came to visit. Mr. And <laughs> David showed a complete lack of imagination and social skills. But what's Absolutely. new? Absolutely. Yeah. Right at the very end, Jill made that comment about how she uh, hoped Phil was looking down mm. and um, was like like what he saw. Um, I must admit, I had a wicked thought. No, Jill, Phil is uh, far too busy having a grand time with Grace up there to be worried about. <laughs> Elsewhere, um, other people's relationships are under the microscope. Brian and Jenny, Phil and mm. Kirsty. Uh, Adam and Ian, even sort of Roy and Lexi and Alistair and Shula. So is this mm. setting us up for a bumper Valentine's Day episode? Lord splits, maybe, you know, Adam and Ian or, or, or getting getting back together, Alistair and Shula? Yes. And being the archers, probably not. And Thursday, we'll probably have a discussion about, you know, milking dairy cows or something. But at least we can speculate <laughs> for the next few days and it'll keep our minds off worrying about cliff edge brexits and other things mm. um finally this week uh i thought the uh, ep- the the scene right at the end on friday where um elizabeth admitted that she had depression was extremely well scripted and oh. extremely well acted and oh. you could hear how elizabeth had been frightened to admit this to herself and, yeah uh, well done um, so have a great week, everyone in Dumpty Dumland, and thank you for the podcast. Bye. Goodness, it's not often I disagree with our Mr. Fuller Love, who's always an eminently sensible gentleman, but I'm sticking fast to what I said before. Great actor, but it was poor, poorly written and poor direction. That I'm sticking to that. But However, you, you just didn't like the last line, did you? I think I've got yeah, no, depression. Yes, yeah, yeah, true, true. Because he didn't doom, 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 doom. But anyway, I'm repeating myself. Uh, Glenn, full of love, uh, we salute you for your uh, c- contributions to the wonderful world that is Dumpty Dum. Now, Lucy, we're going back over the Atlantic and we're going to have a little touch of. I'm feeling a bit New travel York, sick now. Can we, can we oh, no. stick to one court? I know. Oh. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's oh, Nigel no, here. No. Lucy, I'm loving <laughs> yes. my archer's calendar. Now, I agree with you. I wish Adam was a more sympathetic character. He's overdramatic. He's macho. He's a farmer drama queen. Probably the best <laughs> of both worlds for lots of gay men, frankly. When people say he's a gay character and he's overacting, I think that they don't know how hard we've worked to be taken seriously in a world where boring and conventional drama queens like Kate or Roy, say, get more attention because they overact in a very gender acceptable fashion. And since when did straight people have a serious conversation about having babies? Brian Aldridge, Kenton, Will Mm. and Eddie? 
or mm. Rando Helen, Jennifer Archer, Pip. Even conventional characters stumble into parenthood without asking any questions. How much yeah. either party works doesn't seem to matter, so long as they're straight. Um, children of gay couples perform better at school, and they go to university at a significantly greater rate than children of straight couples. Wow. Word about Elizabeth. Um, I heard this actor 30 years ago when she joined the Archers, um, after finishing school in Switzerland or somewhere. She's grown, she's flourished in the part. Just want to say how impressed I am with her portrayal of a person in the grips of depression. Word about Helen? Shut up. We've heard <laughs> enough of you for now. Shabby, <laughs> clean his trainers, make cheese, be happy, just leave <laughs> us alone. Word about Leonard? Absolutely, Lucy. All of the archers are humorless, apart from Jill. She's found someone who gets it. Good luck to both of them. That's it. Word about Natasha. Oh, word about Natasha and cut off. Now, probably a good job we couldn't hear what the word was about Natasha. <laughs> now, let me let me just go back because I, it was me a couple of weeks ago that said that um, how how can it be that a farmer and a chef um, would go into becoming parents and not discuss it. Now, the, what New York Nigel is forgetting is that Adam did not want this first off, that Ian had to talk him into it. So then yeah. I think it's then quite reasonable for Ian then to go through the mechanics of how this could actually work, considering their schedules, and to say... No, Adam, this is how it could work logistically, considering the fact that right here and now with modern medicine, two men cannot just bump into a pregnancy. They have to they think of the hoops that these two had to go to to conceive this child. So, so it is quantitatively absolutely different from going out and having um, uh, for a heterosexual couple going out um, and having a one night stand and then the woman becoming pregnant. It's completely different. So it's completely different in terms of the mechanics, but also more importantly than that, <laughs> it's completely different because Adam said, no, Ian, this is not what I want. Mm. Right. So it is very different. And, but I take the point though, that our gay brothers and sisters have a different standard to um, to reach in terms of the eyes of, let's say, um, more stereotypical couples. It's not because... that they have to reach it, it's they have to be considered better than. Mm. Because, uh, you know, as I said, my, my friends in LA who have a gay couple who have, who have a child, uh, he said, you feel, you know, he said, I don't know how you feel as a straight, you know, parent. But mm. he said, as a gay parent, you feel that the entire world is watching you going, I ah, see, I knew you wouldn't be able to do that. And listen, and and also uh, me being um, a black father yeah. who is not with yeah. the mother yeah, yeah, yeah. of the children, there's a whole load of expectations yeah. kind of thrown at me. It's all your Are fault, you? Royfield, actually, exactly. isn't it? Knife crime is you. Well, <laughs> not, not even just that, right? Let's bring it a little bit more closer to home, right? That I've knocked her up. I'm not going to be around. I don't care about the, you know, the resulting uh, pregnancy. The kids don't know me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we all, so that, so we do have um, a kind of societal construct of what a in inverted commas normal pregnancy uh, should be. 
But I think it did behove the script writers, considering that the one party, Adam, was dragged into this. Now, now we believe that he's au fait with it. You know, he was the donor sperm and he's up for it. For there to be a conversation about the logistics. And yes, they do have help on hand. There's going to be Jennifer, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying it cannot be done, right? But we're supposed to buy into them as a couple. And we have nothing to hang our hats on in terms of real detail of how they actually interact as a couple. It's got nothing to do, that part, with their sexuality. You know, Phil and, sorry, Philip and Kirsty, crap couple. And because we we haven't had enough of them going about their daily lives. And considering these are two relatively major characters, at least Adam's a major character, Ian is somewhat secondary in the whole thing, right? It's quite interesting because you can kind of guess what you can imagine what Fallon and Harassment's domestic life is, you know, Hmm. take away curry on a Saturday night and a box set. And, you know, you can, you can kind of see what, you know, and they both go to the gym together on a, on a Friday or something and then say about how now they're married, they're going to the gym before they would have been going out clubbing and blah, 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 blah. But I've got no idea what, what, happens with adam and ian when the kitchen door closes none mm. and I, I, listen it. spot on loose spot on neil and susan are fundamentally a boring couple they don't do anything flashy but you understand them as they eat a chili and have sex that's it <laughs> yeah and and actually are there to help their children you know, and, yeah. you know, Susan wants Neil to aspire at work and, you know, to be the manager he or she always wanted him to be, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's there's enough there. They're not doing anything flashy. They are actually boring. Though I take your point to a small degree, Nigel, about uh, gay couples have the right to be boring. But Jesus Christ, this is a drama. Right. <laughs> we, we, we want to be entertained. We want to be entertained and we want some level of insight with our characters and i'm sorry these pair have just been written as placeholders it's a case of let's have a couple of gays in the village and they've taken one beloved character or at least former beloved because i think ian is somewhat losing his luster and they've given him this storyline which does harken back to mads and all this stuff way back 10 years ago when he wanted to become a father and they just haven't served us up a couple with a dynamic that we can believe in get behind and root for them because yeah. you know what i'm all about the bloody underdog about the marginalized and letting them have their moment in the sun but these pair i don't care about them and it and, and actually listening to nigel's call has made me think oh, is this kind of latent homophobia roy field or am i saying that they don't deserve to be parents nothing could be further from the truth it's just shittily written between the pair of them and even and considering that ian had to Ian has always had this urge to be a father. They would have served us up uh, and done us right by sitting him down and saying, Adam, look, we can work this out. Here's some of the logistics, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not saying making a, 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 you know, a whole episode where they go into, well, you finish at the farm at this time and then could you put back? <laughs> no, no. But come on, as an aside, as something, because nothing about this pair rings true in terms of but then, um, go to back up nigel um it, it, look at 
Pip and um, Toby. They had no discussion about but that's, but any that, of this, how this is going to work. Yeah, but Luce, that's what I said first off, is that um, because modern medicine has not found a way for two men, two women, unfortunately at the moment, just to have a casual encounter and to produce a child. That's just fact. That is absolute fact, right? But on top of that, and more importantly than that, remember, Adam said no for a considerable amount of time to Ian wanting to have a child. So it, yeah. it almost incumbent on the whole story for Ian as part of his way, instead of just saying, let's have a baby, let's have a baby, let's have a baby, to say, look, this is how it could work, considering we both lead the busy lives that we lead. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pip and Toby didn't need well, that conversation. We need to care more about Adam and Ian than we actually do. That's it. And that's my point. That's literally yeah. the rant which I just finished up with by saying, you know, <laughs> we are all we are all as dumdy dummers and as archers fans rooting for the underdog and for the marginalised. We're all Grundy fans, aren't we? We all are. Yeah. We're like, come on, Grundy, stick it, stick it to the man, stick it to the system. The Aldridges are having financial problems, and we snigger. Right. Yeah. Here are two characters who are representing the diversity of, of society and we don't care because of bad writing. There you go. Anyway, on that note, I've been winding myself up to say that for, you know, ever since I got I heard you call <laughs> Nigel. And the thing is, mate, you know what, you know, I love you, right? We had a wonderful walk across New York uh, coming back from the Norwood Club and, and stuff, but I couldn't disagree with you more on that point. Though I take although I get the point in terms of why can't the gay characters just have the right to be boring? Fine. But like let us understand their relationship. Please let us understand it because none because I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, whew, loose. Uh, I think I need to go and uh, take a cold shower. Right. I'm gonna press press play on Lucy <laughs> Greaves' call and I'll come back in five. <laughs> Hi, it's Leslie Greaves here, Special Diet One on the Twitters. Haven't phoned in for ages, but never mind. Um, being an optimistic sort of person, I kind of wondered whether Freddie might come out of prison a reformed character and go back and rescue the, uh, the business rather than Lily so she could carry on with her education. Um, I think that would be good. Perhaps we should ask Natasha what she thinks about it. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> Thank Very you, Very funny. Yeah. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> now, um, uh, shall we end up with a little bit of local sausage? Yes. Well, hello there, all in Dumpty Dum land. Berkshire Sausage here. First time caller, but long term listener to the show. I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for a few months now. So, first things first, where do I fit into the Archer's chronology? Well, when I first started listening, Ambridge was just a collection of mud huts. Piggy had only just retired from ye olde bull. I remember Jethro, Walter and Nelson Gabriel, and Marjorie Andrebus. Alice was not even a bulge in Brian's trousers, and Ambridge was blissful. <laughs> I'm probably a Mark Hebden, though, for regular listening, which makes me both dead and boring. So, good choice, really. <laughs> <laughs> I have a prediction, if you're interested. Plot prediction. I think that Roy and Lexi will work something out. But as soon yeah. as that happens, and Roy is restored to something like blissful dreariness, his ex Haley will get back in touch, suggesting that they get together again. 
Is that a cat too many among the pigeons on the village green, I wonder? Mm. It would certainly take everybody's mind off that sodding Macy baby and Helen's won't I, won't I relationship with Lee. But I've got to go and lie <laughs> down now. So I've just had a vision of Jill riding in ecstasy under her new bow. So, bye for now. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye, Mr. Sausage. <laughs> um, I don't think Haley's coming back. It's a shame because she's a lovely actress and she was a very, very popular character, but I don't think she's coming back. Mm. Uh, yes, and that is um, kind of uh, appropriate for me then to mention that if you become a Patreon supporter of the show, um, there is a, a new a new episode, a new Dum 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 Extra, where I interview Terry Malloy, who played Mike Tucker, who um, and he talks about his time now being away for the Archers for a few years and how he feels about it and potential missed storylines and. Uh, Terry is very kind of honest in that interview. So go and give that a listen. If you're a Patreon listener, just simply go on to patreon.com and the episode is there. Though I did send out an email to all Patreon and PayPal recurring customers and I've given you the link. So look in your inboxes if you um, haven't heard that show, if you contribute regularly to Dumpty Dum. Now, I said, uh, shall we end up uh, in, in Berkshire? But actually, there is another call from an exotic climber, Lucy. Woohoo! Hi, Dum Dum Gang. This is Drew calling in from Tokyo. This is my first oh. time as a caller in so I'll introduce myself. I'm originally from a small city outside of Toronto in Canada, but I've been in Tokyo for 15 years now. I work as a professional computer nerd and part-time food delivery man. I started listening to The Archers just before the IBR storyline. So as for what character I am, I guess that makes me a diseased cow. Anyway, I was <laughs> on last week's show, Millie Bell gave some demographic information about the listeners on the Facebook page. She mentioned that there were no listeners from Japan registered. Well, I know that you have at least one because it's me. Anyway, that's all I oh. wanted to say. Keep up the great work. I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for a few months now, and it's quickly become an important part of my week. Bye for now. Uh, Patrick in Ireland, that's how it's done. You see, he went through all the gears. Just saying. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, ah, oh, Luce. Uh, this is going to be another one of those kind of like long ones, and I and I apologise because I, I did not blow the eight halfway through when I got on my my high horse, my hobby horse, and I had a little rant. Uh, so I've probably added another fifteen minutes to this whole show. Uh, but I tell you what, I will stop talking and say we'll come back the other side of some advertisements. I'll have a camp coffee break. Luce will probably go and have a little waz or something or other, or maybe the coal man will come round and can marvel at his biceps. And we'll come back with a little touch of the yokels. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If country borders and grids can fascinate you and state names intrigue you, if atlases, globes, city plans, subway maps, and of course, world maps are your thing, if you can name the capital city of Namibia, and if you get giddy about flags, you are in the right place. This is Map Corner, a podcast about the love of maps brought to you by Royfield Brown and Claire Asprey. Now on with the show. Google Maps, it's beautiful that they go to the globe. It's it's just mm-hmm. very intuitive. And overall, I think in, in general terms, it helps to look at a globe occasionally, just to understand that the world is interconnected. And then, yeah, but, but what led the young you to be even become uh, a The young me, there was a pure accident. I'm not as much into the Mercator bashing, which is currently a bit uh-huh. of a, uh, a hip thing ever since but- this West Wing episode came out. This is episode one of Map Corner. Now, if you are a Twitter user and you love a map, and if you don't love maps, why are you even on this podcast? Simon Kustenmacher is basically somebody who you've retweeted his great posts. Simon, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. First off, people that like maps are incredibly dull people. We're boring. We're nerds. We don't have any friends. So why is it that a young Simon was turned on to the world of cartography? It's Tuesday morning in Kingston, Jamaica. It's 6.30 a.m. I'm Suzanne Stanley, the CEO of the Jamaica Environment Trust. 
You're tuned to RGR 94FM Real Jamaican Radio. A fire that started yesterday at the Riverton City landfill on Spanish Town Road in Kingston is still raging at this hour. It's reported that the blaze has worsened due to heavy gusts of winds fanning across the area. We are currently standing in Corby Gardens. It's a very nice community. The only problem has been for the last couple of years is the constant nuisance of the smoke just being a few miles from the Riverton city dump. Riverton actually became a very hot topic during our delivery of the project. On the road. So we are a non-government environmental organization. We were started in 1991. After six days, the fire at the Riverton dump has been contained by fire officials. However, local agency, the Jamaica Environment Trust, JET, says there's a lot to be answered for. The Jamaica Environment Trust is deeply alarmed at the state of affairs concerning the Riverton dump. It should not be that every year the country has to expend millions of dollars to out these types of fires. So when you're talking about Riverton, for example, you know, Riverton is one side of the issue. That's where your waste ends up. That's the part of the issue that you that many Jamaicans don't see. Most Jamaicans have never been to Riverton. Most Jamaicans don't think about Riverton unless uh, there's a dump fire that's affecting Kingston or there's some item on the news. Uh, Commonwealth Voices is a podcast about citizens coming together to participate in democracy and influence the institutions that shape their lives. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. And we started talking about the Aldridge family and what we would like to see the court date on Tuesday bring the family. We did a people's poll like we always do and we gave these two options. Either do you want closure or resolution for the family or do you want them to experience more misery? Now, I <laughs> thought I could predict this way the poll would go in this case. I was wrong. You're far less bloodthirsty than I thought you were, dumpty dummers, because 65% of you said they want closure or resolution, and only 35% said more misery, please. Though Anne Lydon did say, I'm hoping to see Brian wearing a community payback tabard, picking up litter on the Borchester Highway. He could bond with Susan over tabard designs. Judith Lawrence actually kind of wanted it split. She said, abject misery for Brian, freedom for Jennifer. And yeah. Melissa Williams actually made a rather rash promise. She said, I could actually bring myself to kiss Joe Grundy. Closure and resolution, please. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> go quite that far, Melissa. Though I will say, Joe Grundy, yeah, he played a blinder there, didn't he? Kind of without realising. Joe's full of wisdom sometimes. I mean... He's full of cider more times. Sometimes he is full of wisdom. So, the day of the sentencing came. So, and was justice served? Well, a lot of people thought it was a bit of an anticlimax. Marjorie Diamond said, Shame, I was looking forward to Brian doing time and Jenny Darling finally seeing the light in setting up a feminist commune with Pat and Shula. 
Richard Beveridge went all biblical and said, away with Aldridge, give us Barabbas. Jeez, <laughs> 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 for about 17 years now and got the impression that Brian and Jenny were just rolling in it. Plus, they've also just sold their home. So, and judging from property values, £120,000 hardly would make a dent. Though, Gene did make this interesting comment, said, of course, they have to fork over for an Ambridge event. That may break them. Yeah, I think there's something coming with that event. And we asked the question, does Kirsty actually know how she really feels? Peter Mabbott mm. said, perhaps Kirsty enjoys the relationship but also wants her own space. I know several couples who have successfully lived like that for years. Um, Andrea Melling said, yes, she's not that into Philip, but she doesn't want to go back to square one at her age. Yeah, perhaps has it as well. I think, I think she wants old. to be with someone, but whether it's Phil, <laughs> really I don't know. And right? also, you know, I think somebody else posted that she always calls him Philip, and it's yeah. all a bit formal. Paul Green said she knows there is not a proper, there's not a proper match, and she's just settling for a relationship because society sees you as incomplete or unhappy if you are single. Be more like Jazza. Yeah, absolutely great <laughs> advice there. We also asked a question, as Alistair is taking up the role of advisor or mentor to Johnny, brilliant, brilliant Johnny, what one piece <laughs> of advice would you give to an Ambridge resident right now? Liz Eden said, Jenny, one can cook without an arca, darling. <laughs> Helena Bennett said Jill should move to Portugal with her new boyfriend and leave her family to look after themselves. They can't yep. though, Helena. I mean, God, David, Ruth, God, without the additional food from Jill, I think they'd all get rickets. Ben Thompson <laughs> went for a more generic uh, advice, which is don't do it, which is Ben's advice to almost all of them at the moment. Andrea Melling also said, send the boys round, David, debt collection mob style. Yeah, this is really annoying me. He's not paying back his debts, but he's buying loads of vinyl. And to be honest with you, nobody cares if it's on vinyl in the pub. Just put it on CD player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Paul Green, getting a second mention, said, tell Shula that if she wants to look at penises, try Google. (laughs) Which made me laugh out loud. And also, Stephen Bowden got to mention this comment. Kathy, they've forgotten about you. Now is the time to strike. Kill them all. Kill them all. Burn lower locks into the ground. Rebuild gay gravels as a temple to the one that screams in the night. And then Stephen went all a bit HP Lovecraft, which is marvellous, considering his, uh, his post also ended with... Oh, hello, you two. We also asked about some initial (laughs) thoughts on Leonard as Jill's new boyfriend, we guess. Oh, my God. Like, Jill's getting more romance than I am. Oh, God. But a lot of people commented on how awful that dinner party was because Ruth and David were just awful. Lorelei Dunbar-Dudley said listening to it was ghastly. It couldn't have been more awkward if they tried. Kate Lyle said David and Ruth are adult human beings. Presumably they're capable of showing dealing with a dinner party for a new person. And though most people liked um, Leonard, Rob Williams, I don't know whether this is praise or not, but Rob Williams said, Leonard sounded like he was written by Alan Bennett. Yes. And we're going to finish with the poll that we had at the end of the week. If you look at our Facebook page, 
I posted something Witherspoon posted something but we have opposing views I'm not a fan of <laughs> Natasha Witherspoon likes Natasha so we put no. a poll out do you like Natasha or dislike her mm. well last count 298 of you have voted and it's clear 90% of you say you don't like Natasha I won Yay! thank you very much she's rubbing people <laughs> up the wrong way but I'm interested to see where she goes so I do take on board what Witherspoon said about her being, you know, a successful businesswoman and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's the winning that matters. And I won on the poll. I'm off to stock up just in case of a no-deal Brexit. So I need to go out and stock up on fig rolls. Borsets of blue. I can't even speak this week. Borsets of blue. <laughs> oh, God, I've ruined that joke. Anyway, yeah, I was going to say about stocking up on Jenny's game pie. Which actually sounds a little bit rude. Anyway... <laughs> On that note, I think I'll go. Right, you've got the lovely Millie Bell next week, and I'll see you in two weeks' time. Okay, bye. 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 Um, <laughs> and I just say, as somebody who, who once used to be a disc jockey and um, still has virtual decks on my laptop, uh, no one, bar no one, plays CDs uh, out anymore. You have MP3s and you play them from your laptop. Just, just say. Just say. Just saying. Good. Right. Now, you've gone all really echoey, Lucy. Oh, have I? Sorry. Is that better? Uh, keep talking. No. I don't know what to say. No, you, you've gone say. quite reverby, but anyway. Oh, dear. Yeah. You haven't got that thing over your head or something. No, I'm too hot. <laughs> Shall I do it again? All right, I'll do it again. Hang on. It does make all the difference. <clears throat> Oh, God, the heat is on. That's why I'm too hot. Go off, you stupid thing. You're going to put that stupid music behind me again, aren't you? Ah, there you we didn't... go. I've got it over my head now. Is that better? You, yeah, that's better. You didn't listen to um, when you went off last week when I played. I got, it was everybody dance now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. I didn't listen, but I saw Witherspoon say it. Right. Nice to know that you listen back to the shows. I was there the first time. I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, uh, Lucy, uh, why don't you hit us with some tweets, please? Within about 2.7 seconds of Leonard appearing on the programme, he had his own Twitter account. Leonard Beret of Rockholes said, Jill's children all seem to be a bit balmy, to be honest. Looking forward to meeting Shula. I'm sure she'll be sane and relaxed. <laughs> um, Linda Murdoch Moon. Why are people taking against Leonard? He's been very willing to meet Jill's awful family and she seems very happy. I don't think he's boring and I'll continue to support him until he asks for her pin numbers. <laughs> uh, Matt Underwood. Leonard. Well, this is all very nice. David. You're not my real dad. Um, little Kim said, you leave Bert Fry alone, you screeching harpy. <clears throat> I mean, poor Elizabeth, please get some help. <laughs> and tweet of, the week, <laughs> tweet of the week is John Featonby, who said, I hope Leonard has a brother who is the elderberry. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, folks, when you go on to dumdydum.com and hit the uh, tab marked shop and then go onto the store and purchase some stuff, do like Witherspoon and the other people who not only have purchased, but also uh, send a pic of you in your clobber 
and uh, we will uh, post it on our socials and we'll put it on our Facebook and on our Twitters because we like to see you in your dum dum merch, sipping tea out your dum dum mugs and cups because it's awesome like that. So don't forget, don't just go on there and buy stuff and say, job done. Oh, no, sir, Bob. Uh, go tell the world. <laughs> well, tell us and then we'll go tell the world on your behalf so, well, what you've done with your hard-earned money. We just spend it on dum dum stuff. So go to dumdydum.com, go do that. Um, all right, uh, what else is there? Oh, Patreon. Now, oh, before I go on to Patreon, actually, um, I did say this before, and I said to myself I was going to say this at the start of the show, but I forgot because I'm just rubbish like that. But um, please go on to iTunes, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, and write us a review. Tell the world what you think about Dum De Dum, because that is a great way of us increasing uh, the amount of Dum De Dumers there are in the universe so go on there write a review more people get to listen to the show and then uh it's a big thumbs up from lucy and i now lucy uh why don't you do oh no i'm gonna do patreon go on to patreon it's two dollars a show and when you do that then you can uh listen to extra content uh which uh, is invariably me or lucy or somebody else uh interviewing one of the actors (laughs) one of the great or the good that love the archers and bringing that interview to your very own ears so if you want an interview uh to your very own ears uh why don't you go to patreon.com sign up to two dollars per show and then uh you get the extra content uh now lucy there's a bit in red remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on the website or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message on the social, specifically Twitter, you can find me, Royfield, and our Lucy at Dumdy Dum. It's really, it's kind of Yokel Bear, really. This is the genius behind all the funny stuff that goes out on that account. Uh, but on Twitter, why don't you follow our Lucy at Lucy V Freeman? And I can be found at Royfield. Uh, big shout out goes out to the Map Corner Posse. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, Map <laughs> Corner will be launching very soon, folks. However, I need you. Uh, to go on to mapcorner.space. There is a little trailer when you get there, the forthcoming show. Um, but I need you to go on there, hit SpeakPipe, tell us about your map-related questions or about an awesome map that you found. Because I know people do that on Twitter all the time. But what we need you to do... So I'm looking at you, Purple Pumpkin. You are forever posting me maps. Or Ben Johnson, message goes out to you. Or even Julie Mountain. Karen Cunningham, there's loads of you. Please don't stop tweeting uh, the maps to me uh, with the hashtag Map Corner, but go on to SpeakPipe on mapcorner.space and um, tell us about the map that you've actually posted because we want to hear your voices on the show. As soon as I get five of those, we're going to launch the first episode. So, mapcorner.space, did you just say? I did. Yeah, that's the URL. Dot space. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, maybe I should have got mapcorner.info. But yeah, all the .co.uk's and the .coms are run out for everything. So they're all these weird and wonderful kind of end of URLs now. So with .space, I thought maps space kind of has some kind of, uh, you know, makes some kind of sense. That's what I bought. Is that all right? Right. Yes. Oh, smashing. Right. So Ben Johnson, Julie Mountain, Purple Pumpkin, Karen Cunningham, Keith, uh, you know who you are. Go on to mapcorner.space and write, not write, and uh, post a little uh, little note 
about your favorite map that you've posted in. Uh, Facebook, go on there. It's the Mealy Bell, the Yokel Bell, the Witherspoon uh, show. And it just ticks along so very nicely. Right, Lucy, um, mm-hmm. this is the part of the show where you now give us a Daily Mirror headline. Yep. Uh, give me two seconds. I'm just trying to find it. Jamie Theakston dropped by who do you think you are because his past is too boring. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He was dropped by who? Who do you think you are? That program where they go back oh. and research your, your, your family. <laughs> and they said, I'm sorry, your family's too boring. <laughs> But that's not the first time that's happened, though, is it? That's happened to quite a few people. Isn't it? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not at all. I remember Martin Freeman having to sit there while he found out his entire family was riddled with syphilis. And it was quite (laughs) difficult for him to kind of keep up a brave face, I think. (laughs) I can't remember who. But when that first first or the second season of that show came out, there was somebody quite famous. And there was an article written saying that, yeah, they couldn't find anything. There's nothing of note. And it was somebody quite quite big as well. But anyway, uh, he, he's in good company. I thought you were just saying that Jamie Theakston was just boring, which I think that'd be pretty valid, actually. <laughs> he's really had his time, hasn't he, Jamie Theakston? If you're going to pull up Jamie Theakston as a celebrity that you're doing on that, he's like very thin pickings, isn't it? Because he's really like really. Mr. 80s. No, not Mr. 80s, Mr. 90s. Mr. Mr. Late 90s, Jamie Theakston was in his pomp. His imperial phase. Mm. What do you think they'd find if they delved back into your history, Alice? Oh, good Lord. I'm probably wanted in about three countries that I don't know. Well, why do you think I keep moving from country to country? <laughs> well, I have wondered that in the past, to be honest. <laughs> cool. All right, folks. I think that's enough of you dumdy dums. Uh, that's it. I've got now more to add, so I'm going to uh, leave it up to Lucy to give the salutations. Um, yeah, that, well, that's it, really. Um, <laughs> goodbye, and have a nice week, and see you next week. That's it, yes. Smashing. 